the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular, for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, we're going to, um, we got a full program. Can you oh, believe it? Yeah, Don't we, we always? Yeah, <laughs> there's our full, and then there's the yeah, Lord's full. Yeah. Exactly. Now, whether you stay to the program or not, between you and Joanne. Oh, we're not going to. Oh, yeah, that does not hurt my feelings. Uh, we're going to, first of all, go back a week, Father, and then follow that, uh, what happened last Friday uh, after our special program on the Feast of the Sacred Heart Mm. and overturning Road versus Wade. Then we're going to talk a little bit about our webcast and really the the beauty that people can still tune into it. And it really helps understand people what this mission's about, why Jesus has given this mission to St. Margaret Mary, to be the disciple of the Sacred Heart, spread this devotion, and we're just a vessel father. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Drop in the bucket. We're, 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 we're little, what do you call it? Sales and management? <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I'm definitely sales, not management. Yeah, I would yeah. say you're more management yeah, than no, I am. No. And, then about, and then we're going to talk about, and then we're going to talk about true freedom. Absolutely. Yeah, with John Perfect Paul time. II and uh, 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 yep. Bishop uh, Fulton Sheen and, and really talk about independence and then some feast days. But Father, as we look at is Last. that all? That's the, that's all we're covering. <laughs> that's it. Well, they, they said I we like could. I like your they, overview. They, they, I, I think that's a good yeah. idea. Are, are you nervous? Are you okay? Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. <laughs> but Father, as you know, last Friday we had that special program on the Feast of the Sacred Heart, and we we shared with everybody a little bit about why the Lord wanted that feast, mm. and that was the final apparition he gave to saint margaret mary yeah and through that and through their whole program and then we explain why the feast also corresponded to the feast of john the baptist yep and this was just given to me the last time the feast of the sacred heart and saint john the baptist lined up on the same day was 1960 this is because the feast of the sacred heart rotates and the other feast, St. John the Baptist, is fixed. Yep. So June 24th. Now, Father, as we know, off the program, you took off, we took off, and then all of a sudden, word came out yeah, that the true. Supreme Court <clears throat> overturned Road versus Wade, declaring the constitutional right to abortion upheld for nearly a half a century no longer exists. You know, I think it's going to be similar to like 9-11, or the day that President Kennedy was assassinated, mm. where you were. Yeah. When you heard that news that had been prayed for for so long, yep. that it'll be forever ingrained. However, it's really just the beginning. It's true. That is very true. Yeah. And I know, Father, a lot of your parishioners, a lot of people listening today are not hearing the good news. Right. They're mm-hmm. they're just hearing the chaos and, the chaos yeah, and the mis messaging. Yeah. Uh and how how can people help this today, Father? I think that's the question. How do we handle it today? Yeah. Well, you know, I mm-hmm. it's a great question. Um but if I could just make a brief plug, I mean, that's why it's so important to have Saint Gabriel Catholic Radio. Mm. 
so that we do get to hear the good news, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, the good news of our holy Catholic faith, the good news of the Lord who's come to set us free from sin, the good news that the Lord loves every human life from conception to natural death. I mean, this is good news. This is the news that transforms us. This is the news that lifts us up when we're overwhelmed either through just the natural events of our day, a heavy schedule, maybe a busy chapter in our life, coming out of COVID. There's a lot of uncertainty out there. And then on top of all of that, as if that's not enough on the natural degree, then you add on top of that the unnatural chaos and turmoil and darkness within society, culture, and our country, you know, the breakdown in the civil order. In the midst of all of that, you, you hit it perfectly. It's like, what do you do? Where do you go? And that... You know, that, this is a very practical, rubber-hits-the-road application for the most sacred heart of Jesus. He offers himself to us as the refuge. He offers himself to us as, there's that key word we've used over these 5, 6, 7, 10, 11 years. He's the remedy yes. for what afflicts our humanity. And the peace that everyone wants, it doesn't matter where you fall on the decisions of the Supreme Court or the country, the president, legislature, it doesn't matter. Everybody wants peace. But guess what? No one's going to get that peace. No one's going to find that peace unless they turn to the heart of Jesus. And also, Father, you know, mercy. Absolutely. And it seems like there's something in every promise for whatever situation, which is exactly how the Lord orchestrated it. But the promise number six, that you shall find in my heart, an infinite ocean of mercy because we need mercy as a individual yeah. and as a nation. And this summer, many people are at the beach. Mm-hmm. Many people, you know, or are, want to be. I want to be. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a wannabe. And, but to really, you know, I invite you to look out yeah. at that water and to really, really think about an ocean of mercy. It's the perfect image. It I mean, it's really the, the perfect is. image, yeah. And totally. it says, number six, sinners shall find in my heart the source and infinite ocean of mercy. It's just not... Right. It's for everyone. It's true. Yeah, it's not for like the limited A++, mm-hmm. top of the class, you know, you ran across the finish line first. No, this is for literally every human heart. There's an ocean of mercy, infinite ocean of mercy available. And I mean, the Lord, what he made clear in his promise just to St. Margaret Mary, doesn't he echo to St. Faustina? I mean, he yeah. lets us know that humanity has an opportunity for such a profound, beautiful, uh, liberating intimacy with God. And yet it's almost like we drift further and farther as a world. And yet, you know, when we pray the morning offering prayer, isn't one of the points we unite ourselves no matter where we are, no matter who we are, no matter what we've done, we unite ourselves to the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And it's on that altar where the Mass is offered and prayed. And that's why going to Mass on First Friday is so important. It's on that altar. That's where the Lord's heart is made available in the Blessed Sacrament, the Holy Eucharist. And boom, that ocean of mercy, infinite mercy is right there. You know, and so it's not just for those who go to Mass regularly. It's an opportunity for us to go deeper. It's also for those who may have thought about going, but are maybe intimidated to go to daily Mass. It like blows my mind the number of people that are like, I'd really like to go, but what am I supposed to do? It's like, um, you do what you do. You pray, you know? But there's that intimidation factor. Yeah, they're like, well, are people going to think I'm odd because I'm not usually there? Actually, they'll probably rejoice, you know, that you're there. I mean, when you go, when you get in that beautiful practice of even just going to one daily mass, you're tapping into the the Lord's heart, the Holy Eucharist, that infinite ocean of mercy, 
And that's what we're in need of, not just as individuals, mind you, or households or families or, you know, friends and communities, small groups. The country, our country mm-hmm. needs God's infinite ocean of mercy. You know, like you said, Joanna, nothing ended on Friday. No. It began. You know, there's but a there's new a chapter beginning. there's a deeper awareness. Totally. And there's an opportunity of, first of all, if, um, if a poor decision has been made. Yep. To stand in that truth, but not to be bound by it, right. and to claim to go to our Lord yeah. because He is the healer. He is the only one yep. who can heal the deep wounds in our heart, no matter what it is about. But also to just think of yourself as beginning to be a healer yourself, to be able yeah. to say, I am not going to even judge those who are opposing me. I'm going to give them mercy because we want to build a culture of love, a culture of life, first of all, in our own hearts and our own families. But as you say, Father, our nation. Yeah. Well, I think as we go back and we reviewed last week, the three promises uh, or apparitions that came to St. Margaret Mary that really stand out. And I think the first one was, she was said, Jesus called her, beloved disciple of the Sacred Heart to spread the devotion of the Sacred Heart. And I think that's what this radio program's about. That's what this is all about. Every day going to Mass, it's the heart of Jesus. We're returning into his heart. And I know Father... We started on Corpus Christi this year a three-year uh, Eucharistic revival. Revival, yeah, yeah. And isn't there a connection? I think help our listeners maybe with the Sacred Heart and the Eucharist. Sure. Well, and here's a, <clears throat> we have to kind of acknowledge the darkness so that we can create an eagerness for the light, right? Mm. So there's all these studies out there, mm. and the studies. I, I think one of them is just they're just becoming more and more depressing. You know it. Mm. They call individuals, they ask them a survey. If you identify as a Catholic, then they want to ask you some questions about how you adhere to the teachings of the church, mm-hmm. ultimately the teachings of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when one of the questions is asked, the answer that is given by the vast majority of respondents to these different surveys, it's rather stark. And it, it creates an opportunity for incredible evangelization and catechesis, but also purification of the church hmm. and fortification of the faith. What, what is it? Seven out of ten respond that they do not believe that the Holy Eucharist is truly body, really? blood, soul, and divinity, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what hmm. that reveals is a crisis of faith. Mm-hmm. Now, if you just think about that, when these surveys started to really hit the fan about 20 years ago, give or take, and we started seeing the increasing uh, de- decline in belief in the true presence of Jesus. What that means is it's a decline in true faith. You know, the words mm-hmm. of Jesus are no longer enough. And part of the issue is, remember the Lord's prayer for unity among all Christians, mm-hmm. right? There's a, a division among Christians as to whether he's present or not. There's no gray area. He doesn't, like, mm-hmm. flip the switch on and appear and then flip the switch off mm-hmm. and disappear. He's either present or he isn't. Mm-hmm. And for we Catholics, we enter deep into the words of sacred scripture, the Holy Gospels, and we find no more clear explanation than in the sixth chapter of John's Gospel. Now, there are references in the other three, especially in the Last Supper narratives and whatnot, but he makes it quite clear, this is not figurative, it's not symbolic, it's real. This is my body, blood, soul, and divinity. And then 
Exactly, Joanne. Then, you know, the Lord notices a lot of the disciples, many of the disciples in John's gospel, they leave. And then he turns to Peter and he asks that question, which haunts me personally, will you also leave? Mm. And Peter responds with, you know, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of everlasting life. Great answer. If people had left the Lord when he's basically saying, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood, that is basically, that is what he said. That is basic form. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. If those people left, they knew he was not speaking figuratively. And in the Jewish tradition, that yeah. was even... It was an insult. Yeah. You know, and so they realized the gravity of that. Now, you fast forward 2,000 years. Here we are. Many people mm. are leaving him again. Mm. They don't believe his words. I think many of that, many of those people are leaving because of just, uh, I think, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, ignorance of Scripture ignorance of the words of Jesus. These are the words of everlasting life. That's why we stand for them when we pray the Mass. They are the words of life. Enter in, you know, think about that. About 20 years ago when these surveys started really becoming popular and we started seeing a decline in belief in the true presence of our Lord in the Eucharist, what happened? Think about here in central Ohio and Columbus. The Lord started stirring. A new Pentecost occurred. The Holy Spirit descended upon our part of the country. And this devotion to the Sacred Heart captivated us, you know, in each one of our lives, whether it's the three of us here in the studio uh, spending this hour with you, or whether it's you in your car at home, waiting to walk in for Mass, having just left Mass, I mean, at some point, if you have had an encounter with the Lord's Sacred Heart, the Lord has encountered you so that you would have that deepening faith, that growing faith in His presence in the, the Holy Eucharist. And, you know, one of the things we revisited last week on the Solemnity of the Most Sacred Heart is the two go hand in hand. The Holy Eucharist, the Blessed Sacrament that we uh, receive in the Holy Mass when we're in a state of grace, that we adore on the altar in adoration, that we visit should our schedules allow us to pop into the church, and then the image of the Sacred Heart that we have exposed and honored in our home. You know, these are one and the same. You know, that picture of the Sacred Heart, we don't genuflect to it like we do towards the Lord present in the tabernacle. But when we see the image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus in our home, or maybe on our person, in our car, or in our book, you know, when we see that image of the Sacred Heart, it's a visual reminder. It's like, you know, Joanne, you always love to quote Mother Angelica. It's a holy reminder that his heart is present among us in the Holy Eucharist. And if you think about the words of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew, meek and humble of heart. This is the reality that he offers to us. He offers us his sacred divine heart in the Holy Eucharist, his meek and humble heart he gives to us in the Holy Eucharist. His words are what guide us, not the chaos of the world. And if, you know, if you're driving along and you're thinking, well, I I believe, but I don't know if I'm really there. I'm, yep. you yeah. know, I'm just, I think I'm kind of flat. I could be. Then don't let the enemy so leave you there. Yeah. Then just, you know, put it in God's hand. Say, yeah. okay, God, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Exactly. And start yeah. saying, okay, I'm yeah. going to make an effort. Right. I am going to go to Mass at least one time yep. this week. Yeah. I'm going to open up my Bible. Yeah. And I'm going to read John 6 again, yep. slowly, yep. and put myself in that crowd. And so we also have to make an effort. Yeah. We also have to cooperate with the graces, but just know they're there. Well, and I love how you, you highlight a very real position that so many people find them. They believe. They want to believe, but there's a struggle. 
Yeah. Maybe there's like a doubt. Maybe it might be an ounce. It might be 10 pounds. It might be a ton of doubt. But they're like, no, I know, but I wrestle with this doubt. And they're like, Father, what can I do? Well, the first thing you need to do, I beg you, do it. Go make a good confession. Oh, yes. Make a good confession. Get an examination of conscience and make a good confession. Get into a state of grace. Purify the soul. Fortify the house that is the body of the, you know, your body, the temple of the Holy Spirit. The second thing, learn from the saints about what they've said about Jesus present in the Holy Eucharist. Visit our Lord outside of the Mass in the tabernacle. Just make a visit. And like you said, Joanne, Lord, help my unbelief. You know, get into the practice of visiting Jesus. You know, I, it's always striking when you listen to people speak about a distance between themselves and the Lord's sacred heart, between the Lord Jesus himself. And you say, well, how often do you pray? How often do you visit him? Well, I find it too hard, so I just don't do that. I don't get into that. And it's like, well, then it surely has to make sense that a distance has grown between two people if they're not communicating. And when you choose to welcome him as an enthronement, yeah. when you say, okay, I am going, I'm going to do this. Yep. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to do this. And maybe you don't feel anything. Yeah. Maybe, but you're, you're doing it. You're, you are choosing. Yeah. To make the Lord the king, brother, friend, and savior of your home. Yeah. And it's not all about feelings. It's about your choice, your will. Yeah. And then you begin to honor him. You begin to allow him to have that presence and things change. I think you just probably insulted half the world by saying it's not about your feelings. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did. Well, yeah. we, we, we learned a long time ago, Father. On our marriage encounter weekend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that feelings are flimsy. Yeah. Ooh, I, I like that. Love is a decision. decision. Yeah. Feelings so, are flimsy. So then I just I got realized, a tingly feeling that's flimsy up and down my spine. Ooh, I, I'd better listen to Joanne's feelings. <laughs> yeah. And what we found out was feelings are neither right nor wrong. Yeah. 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 But we needed to understand each other. Yeah, it's totally so true. So then we can say, okay, let's work this out. I, amen. Yeah. amen. 51 years. Yeah. yeah. But Praise I think, God. Yeah. I know. You've been married longer than I've been alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I also think, Father, what really, I, I mean, just preparing for today, half a century. Yeah. I mean, think of we have lived with this law for a half a century. I know. It's so true. And a lot of people were not even born. Yeah. And they don't know like anything you, other Me? than. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And so we so uh, uh, we have a whole generation. It's true. That knows nothing but this law. Yeah. And, and whether we know it was unconstitutional, but we see today the effects when we start to think about versus what is right and wrong. Yeah. Well, how can you take this away in from me? In the pain me? and yeah. suffering. Very much so. So, yeah. but but he says on his, you know, I think the key to this, and you're listening this morning, our, um, St. Margaret Mary came. Jesus appeared to her. She was in a cloister convent, mm. and she was to, to spread this devotion, which was a miracle how it got out. But the second was First Friday, I mean, the Lord gave three, two action, three action items. One action item is make your first Fridays. Yeah. Get to Mass. Yep. And if you're not in a state of grace, get to confession yeah. and get to Mass. 
every first Friday. He didn't say, well, maybe you Choose should do it. Who's your favorite Friday? Yeah. You know, maybe <laughs> you go true. in April. Yeah. But every Friday. Wait for the sun to shine. No. Every, every Friday. And then he said, not only that, but I want to honor a Friday in June. Yeah. After Corpus Christi. Yep. That is going to follow the octave of Corpus Christi. And we're going to set that aside. And this is what he said. I promise you that my heart shall expand itself to shed in abundance the influence of its divine love upon those who shall honor it and cause it to be honored. Mm. What's he saying? Go to Mass on my feast day? Yeah. You know, I, I want to be consoled, reparation for all the times people have sinned against my body. It's not like he's saying, I want you to jump off a bridge. Right. I yeah. want you to take your life. Yeah. He's just saying, get to honor yeah. this feast day. And I don't, we know it's not a coincidence yeah. that oh. his love eventually poured out to, because of this whole movement. And Father, you and I know the media, it's unfortunate for a lot of the people out there they never understood the pro-life movement. No. And they never understood these marches where 500,000, sometimes close to a million, yeah. peaceful marches. They never covered them. Yeah. So people are surprised. Yeah. They think it's a very few number of people right. that have caused this whole problem. But no, if people understand when their hearts have changed. So I think for all of us listening, get to Mass today, or if not... Start to say every first Friday, I'm going to go to Mass. And then really start to enter into going back to Mass, if you're not, on Sundays. Yeah. And then take one day a week. But you're right, Father, until we experience His heart yeah. in the Eucharist. Right. Our, it's hard to change our hearts. No, and like when we, and in, in as missionaries of the Sacred Heart, when we've brought the Sacred Heart into people's homes, into their lives, whether it's through a holy card, mm-hmm. a booklet, or even the practice of acknowledging that he's king, brother, and friend of the household that, that we call the enthronement. When we've brought the sacred heart of Jesus into people's lives, into their homes, into their communities, there's always a cultivation of a greater sense of respect, wonder, and awe, but also a hunger and thirst for the heart that is in the Holy Eucharist. And it's so incredibly important for us to help um, our priests and to pray for our priest because they are the ones that offer us the heart of the Lord in Holy Communion. And a lot of times, priests themselves, th- through no fault of their own, are ignorant of the reality of the Sacred Heart. And it's beautiful how we hear about the Sacred Heart on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. We might pick up a flyer. We might learn about it at a conference, the men's conference, the women's conference, you know, the Sacred Heart Congress. We run into something, and we learn about the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and then what happens? Like, as we grow, we develop a profound, beautiful, insatiable thirst and hunger for the Lord in the Sacred Heart, His Sacred Heart in the Holy Eucharist. But then inevitably, there's going to be that attentiveness to the priest. You know, we pray for the priest because they bring us the heart of Jesus from the altar of the living God. And the identity crisis that as a church we're experiencing as a result of in the growing numbers of those who are unbelieving or do not believe or refute and attack the Lord present among us in the Holy Eucharist is growing. But it gives us an opportunity to pray. Focus on the light. Don't be distracted by the dark. And we also have to admit something that, you know, if you find yourself wrestling to maintain peace, the peace of God in your heart, turn off the media. 
the propaganda and the the uh, propaganda and the agenda is diabolical. It's absolutely darkness and it's diabolical, and they have one goal: lead you to think that you're totally alone. And when they won that, when they lead you to think that you're totally alone, then what happens? You become quiet, you become silent, passive. I mean, when people come up, to, whether it's before mass, after mass, in the confessional, out of the confessional, you know, as I'm out and about here, there, it's like, Father, I just, my life's a mess. It's like, turn off the TV, turn off this noise, you know? And then like, well, but how am I going to find out what's going on? Well, why don't you listen to a, a few shows that you really, really enjoy on St. Gabriel Radio and then just focus on whatever music it is you like. Well, but turn off that noise. Chuck you know? and I have pretty much done that. Yeah. And one thought that came to my mind and our mind is that as Christians, we believe in faith, yep. hope, and love. Yep. And as you're watching a secular program, and just ask yourself, is there any faith allowed here? Yeah. Is there any hope they're giving yeah. me? How are, how are they? Pre- is there any love? If there's no and faith, true love, oh, true love, true love. If yeah. there's none of that, why are you want to put that? Why yeah. do you want to spend your time? But you know, we subscribe to the Catholic Loop, mm. and the Catholic Loop is part of the Catholic vote. And every day on email, you get about six sort of like points. themes, yeah, and you can read more. But it's like if the sky is falling, you're going to know. <laughs> It was actually falling. Someone else is going to tell you, or yeah. you know. But but also EWTN, yeah, their news, and it's thirty minutes EWTN, yeah. and you can record it, yeah. So at ten o'clock at night, you can. But it's true, and I know, Father, as we move on to the end of this first session, we also want to talk about the good news here, and the good news is Jesus wants to bring that heart of love. And what we're doing, not only through the Sacred Heart Hour program, but we also have the first, uh, every first Friday, the newsletter coming out, Keep the Flame Burning. And I think we have to be reminded of the fact that there is good news. And we, every time we enter into the heart of Jesus, our hearts get transformed. Absolutely. And that's what we need. Yeah. And the second thing is, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the webcast and we just had a great webcast on June 14th, and it really helped people with speakers to really enter into what can what is happening out there to businesses, individuals, schools that have enthroned so the sacred mm, heart. Yeah, I mean these are not just isolated. This is just a sample of them, and that's why you can go to sacredheartwebcast.com. And listen to the whole webcast. It's like that perfect cup of coffee that doesn't go low. Oh, yeah. You, know? you don't have to make it over again. Yeah. So you can go back and listen. You can watch. You can participate. Mm-hmm. You can just pick up something new. And you're always going to pick up something new every time you tune in and watch it, you know? It, Absolutely. And, and you understand. And I've never had coffee, so I'm presuming. Well, <laughs> but I think the key is. We, we have to understand, this is not once and done. No, no, if absolutely. If you've thrown your home, yeah. and we know a lot of people, you got the yeah. image, you've been thrown it, you've checked yeah. the box. No. You've been th- it's the beginning. Yeah. What are you doing every day to right. go deeper? Yep. And I think that's what the webcast does every year during the month of June. Yeah. And finally, one way that you can help to spread this devotion, which... St. Margaret Mary, uh, that was her request by the Lord, is be the disciple and spread it, 
is to help support this mission because there are so many requests today. Father, believe it or not, we have packaged and shipped out over 5,000 enthronement kits already. And we don't have a selling price, Father. Yeah. It's called donation. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, Father, sometimes religious no orders come. Away. Yeah. And y- your buddies out there, and they say they need <laughs> 200 of them, but we don't have any money. Oh, okay. Father said, just ship them. Just ship them. And uh, so the Lord forth. provides. So we Boy, need you to go on welcomeisheart.com. Go to the donut. Do, I mean, donut. Donut. <laughs> Wow. Donate, donate button. Donate button. There's no donuts around here. Donate button. And just look at ways you can do it. Yep. One time or recurring gift. Yeah. And thank do, you. And Those it's kind of like a, it's, what do they call that? It's already pay it forward. Friends and it's kind of like your way to pay it forward, yeah. you yeah. know? And uh, so forth. So we're just really promoting that we need your support. We want to thank all those that have already supported us and uh, that have already given us a wonderful one-time gift or they're reoccurring every month. And know that we pray for you every month. Your names go down to Holy Family at a prayer. So just think about becoming part of the family, friends of the Sacred Heart. We need you to help continue to spread this devotion to St. Mary St. Margaret Mary received from our Lord. Whew. Yeah, amen. Amen. We covered a lot of territory in that first segment of this Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. As we bring this segment to a close, we invite you to join us as we uh, enter into a daily covenant renewal prayer. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you in the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Please help us carry our cross daily out of love for you and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Holy Eucharist. Thank you, dear Lord, for all the blessings of this day. And we ask you to give us the graces that we might get to heaven and reign with you forever. Amen. 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 Why do Catholics honor Mary so much? When Jesus had given us everything on the cross, he looked down and saw one last gift, his mom. And he told his beloved disciple, Behold your mother. And he told his mother, Behold your son. That beloved disciple was John, but it's also you. Jesus gave you his mother to be your spiritual mom. God didn't save us as individuals, but as a family, and the most highly honored human being in the family of the church, not including Jesus himself, who also happens to be God. It isn't some super apostle or great prophet or warrior king. It's a mom, largely unnoticed in this life, and now called Ark of the New Covenant, terror of demons, help of Christians, queen of heaven and earth. But the most honored title she has is mother, mother of God and our mother. So why do we honor Mary so much? Because she's our mom. And that's a good insight into the weight of glory waiting for all mothers. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. It started like it does for many people. Question my faith and question authority. And I feel that the reason why I left was the, the draw of the world. The world was pulling me away. Some people would say, you know, Satan would, you know, Satan was working on me. He did not want me in church. He wanted me to be desperate. He wanted me to have 
the thoughts of suicide. I started to realize that a lot of the things that I experienced in my life were a result of my rebellion against God and against authority. Coming back to the church is the first step in healing from all of the hurts of the world. I went from being desperate and in despair to finding hope and encouragement for, for the future. I'm on God's team. I, I know who I belong to, and I know where I'm going, and there's nothing that can separate me from God's love. Take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Good morning and welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. As we enter into this second segment on this Sacred Heart Hour here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite you to join us for our opening prayer. For our opening prayer, we're going to enter into the reading from the Gospel of Matthew that is used in today's Holy Mass. From the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the customs post. He said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. While he was at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat with Jesus and his disciples. The Pharisees saw this and said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? He heard this and said, Those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. Go and learn the meaning of the words, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. You know, Father, I think uh, the reflection in the Magnificat, I underlined just two sentences and maybe comment. The hand of Christ who is standing up is extended in Matthew's direction as a sign of election more than of a command. In response to this gesture, Matthew has his hand on his breast like someone who is astonished at the choice and is asking me, are you sure you want me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I thought of, Father, how many out there don't feel they're worthy, Yeah. feel like, oh, no, uh, you're not really calling me. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. make a difference. Yeah. But he's calling all of us. Isn't that what this is about? Absolutely. Yeah. And um, the words kind of evoke, maybe um, you too have seen an image of the call of Matthew by the painter Caravaggio. Mm. And the the interplay between light and dark is mm-hmm. always rather fascinating. But there was a detail that I picked up the last time I looked at that painting. And it was brought to my attention by um, Brother Tommy Piolata, a mm. Capuchin friar from here in our diocese who's studying in Rome. And you know, we were just admiring this painting together, and it struck me that in just in that depiction, a painting, a depiction of these words, Jesus and his disciples are clothed as individuals from Galilee. But Matthew and the other tax collectors are depicted wearing the garb of the day of Caravaggio. So they're in like the Renaissance, the very ornate, you know, now, clothing. Now, why is that? Well, it's to show the perennial nature of the call of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus entered into time 2,000 mm-hmm. years ago. But notice how his call, his invitation, his, his words speak to each one of us still 2,000 years later. No matter what you are mm-hmm. wearing, it doesn't matter what you are wearing or where you live or when you live. 
the Lord who walked and talked on the face of the earth 2,000 years ago, he's speaking directly to you right Ooh, now. that's beautiful. And I think, you know, to kind of highlight what we yeah. just discussed, it's like oftentimes we become so overwhelmed by what we think is our self-knowledge. Mm-hmm. But it's actually like self-enslavement. You know, mm-hmm. I cannot let myself be set free by the Lord because I know myself more. And it's like, you have to admit, he knows you more than you know yourself. That's why he's calling you. He's calling you out of that slavery, out of that darkness, into the light to be set free. And that really, this, you know, today, this first Friday, but also the first of the month of July, heading into this weekend, that topic of freedom is powerful. The Lord mm-hmm. actually wants us to be free, you know, and we as Americans who, uh, have hopefully a uh, definite sense of um, patriotism. You know, we treasure the gift of freedom, but many of us are kind of living in the shadows as to what that freedom actually is. Don't you think many think freedom is license yeah. to do whatever they want? Yeah, whatever which is scary. We, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that it's a misconception of totally. what fr- you know what yeah. really freedom is. You know, Father, the uh, two quotes here is uh, Pope St. John Paul II. Freedom consists not in doing what we like, but in having the right to do what we ought. Mm -hmm. And Fulton Sheen, the right to do whatever we please by reducing freedom to a physical power forgets that freedom is a moral power. Mm -hmm. And these two great pillars before us, freedom and independence, we must remember the call to be humble before the Lord. And I think it's that total surrender. Yeah. That's when you really receive freedom. And I remember Joanne and I, not that we received all these Christmas invites to these parties, Father, but at one time our refrigerator was full, you know. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, so all of a sudden— It was kind of fun. We, we, we enjoyed those, but all of a sudden we became— so-called to Jesus for some people, mm. you know, because we had a cross mm. on top of our house yeah. and we, people knew that something was different after yeah. our marriage encounter and so forth. And I remember Father Joe says, you have become freed. Yeah. And I think that's when I really realized that's true freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, we love true. these people. Yeah. But it, it was like, Okay, if that's not the door open, well, God will open another door. Exactly. And I think for all of us have experienced that when maybe a door is closed, look at it as, oh, there's another better door out there. It's and true. it's Jesus. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, just and that's between true freedom. over the next four days, five days, actually the whole month, we get to really consider, you know, um, independence was from an earthly power, mm. not from the Lord. And freedom gives us the ability to do the good, to choose the good, to do what we ought to do, not what we want to do. And when a people, whether they be a neighborhood or a family or a community or an organization or a whole country or the whole world, turns in on itself, abusing and misdefining the word freedom and independence, there's going to be a breakdown and into chaos and violence. And where does the Christian fall in all of that? Well, the Christian becomes that light that becomes even more brightly shining in the darkness because we're illuminated by the Lord and his words of true freedom. And here's the thing, like, I never underestimate the the power of peace, the peace that emanates from a soul that is in union with the Lord. And I've been kind of um, 
haunted by, maybe uh, reflecting upon, guided by some of the words of the TOR friars from Franciscan University that I admire so much. And whether it's Father Mike Scanlon, may he rest in peace now, or like Father Terry, who used to be uh, mm-hmm. president there. And, you know, he said the age of comfortable Catholicism is over. But then one of the things they would love to remind each other as friars, but also some of the students, and uh, when I was there, I would make my retreat at the time there once a month. And he was just like, you know, it's never been or it hasn't been in a long time this easy to be a saint. All Mm -hmm. we have to do is admit we hunger for Jesus and we allow Jesus to satisfy us, you know, and he and he alone. And if we can just kind of walk that path, it sounds really simple, almost too simple, But if you think about it, it's like, I need Jesus. I don't need all of this other stuff. And now that I know I need him, I have to allow him to satisfy me. You know, Father, (laughs) it comes to mind what uh, now Father Wilson said when he got into the car in about fourth grade. (laughs) He got in the car and he said, Mom, it's a great time to be a saint. Because you can just be a little good, and God will think you're great. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't bode well for the rest of the world, but it's so true. Very true. I have held that in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. With no explanation, and it's like, you know, what's for a snack, and I want to get outside. (laughs) But it's like, you can just be a little good, and God will think you're great. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Well, and I think we we talk about that today just... For these uh, younger generations yeah. that are entering the workforce, yeah, show up, yeah, be there on time, right, right, do your job. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you have to be unbelievably great today, yeah. in the workforce because we have we we have watered down, yeah, that whole aspect of work, yeah, that work is a gift that God has given us, yeah, and God has given us that gift of work. To do good. Yeah, to develop the gifts and talents you have for the good of the other. Yeah. Now, the bishop this past Sunday at St. Paul's was honoring the Feast of St. Paul and Peter. And he talked about this theme, and I've been really thinking about this, Oh, Father. yeah. Powerful. His theme was talent is cheap. Commitment is costly. Mm. Talent is cheap. Wow. And commitment is costly. Then he had several explanations yeah. of how that worked out. And those two lived yeah. that commitment yeah. for their lives. Yeah. And the question I, I've been thinking about is, you know, a lot of times I think, well, yeah, I did a pretty good job. Well, that's talent that the God gave me. Yeah. yeah. It's not me. Yeah. <laughs> you know. You didn't buy that talent. What, what type of commitment did I really make that's going to be costly? Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of us just get by with our talent. It's true. God, yeah. And they're all given God-given yeah. talent. But what what are we going to do? I think now's the time to stand up. Yeah. Stand up for the light. Stand up for Jesus. Getting back to the masses. And not necessarily uh, bringing mercy to others, but not watering down the truth. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think about our Bill of Rights, that these rights, as our forefathers said, were, you know, endowed by our creator, mm-hmm. yeah. our creator yeah. to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. When we stop, you know, allowing our creator to be the source of our truth, look what happens. Yeah. 
It's true. Look what happens. And really, the result of that is always misery and pain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so what we want to do is bring the light, and part of the light are the feast days coming up, Father. Oh, yeah. And I know today is a great feast day, because this is all about what you were talking about. No priest, no Jesus. Yeah. Sarah, talk us a little bit about why we honor this Franciscan. I know our program director <laughs> oh, stepped yeah. out, has and now out the Franciscan shows up. Yeah. <laughs> well, today, I mean, it's not just the first Friday of the month, which it is, but on the calendar, it's July 1st, and we celebrate St. Juan Pera Serra. Um, you might recognize his la- the last name, Serra, because of the Serans who promote vocations to the priest and religious life. It's a beautiful organization of the faithful that really pray and support development of vocations to the religious life and the and priesthood. And it's really growing, Father. And then they also support the priest and already religious, but is named after um, a Franciscan friar, St. Who was a missionary from Spain and really worked tirelessly for the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus up and down the west coast of our country, founding many, many missions uh, where not only was the mass offered, the faith was shared. But the individual, the natives in those areas, were given an opportunity uh, for medical care. They were also protected. And St. Junipero Serra is an individual who unfortunately has been maligned by those individuals in our country who want to distance ourselves from our Judeo-Christian foundation as a country, and they despise the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, a couple of years ago, there was the horrific plague of the toppling of the statues of St. Junipero throughout California. And there's, I will say this, and I know it's not going to be very uh, popular, and I don't really care. It's all lies, it's all Juan Perasera dedicated himself for the defense and the advocacy of human dignity found within and among the people that he was working and saving. And yes, he baptized them because he wanted them to go to heaven. St. Juan Perasera believed, as we all should, that in order to go to heaven, you have to be baptized. And he worked for the salvation of hundreds, thousands of souls. And this revisionist history, which seeks to destroy the beauty of his sanctity, it just comes from an absolute place of darkness and lies. Chuck and I were so, you know, privileged to be there and to see his room. Yeah. And this was in Carmel. Oh, wait a minute. We're not there when he was alive. No. <laughs> some 51 might, years of marriage. Some might think so. Some might think so. <laughs> no, but, but we were visiting there. We were yeah. visiting there. One of the missions in yes, the West Coast. Yeah. Yes, at Car- in Carmel. But his room, I think he, he slept like almost on a board. Yeah. And there was a little table. It was so stark. Yeah. It was it was more so than I believe even like a cloistered monk for sacrifice. Yeah. For he was one with his people. Yeah. No, he truly loved everyone he encountered. And the other thing is, you know, something that's being totally whitewashed, deleted, destroyed, and removed from history is his defense. Yeah. I mean, he defended the natives against terrible attacks from soldiers and also from amongst the different tribes. I mean, he worked to actually bring the peace that humanity hungers and thirsts for from the, through the proclamation of the gospel. So today we have a beautiful opportunity in the life of the church to remember our brother, St. Juan Prasera. Uh, and I mean, just if you could think about his life, he left everything he knew, he loved, he treasured, he left it behind to follow the Lord yeah. to a different land to have to learn different languages, to work with people he had never seen before. But he saw within all of those individuals 
the beauty of their humanity, and he wanted that beauty to be set free through the baptism. And he had that suffering in his leg. Terrible suffering, yeah. And, and I think, Father, you know, not only did he feed them Jesus, but he also fed them food. He got them food. Exactly. Yeah. He, he yeah. took care of them and so forth. And I know, Father, then uh, it's not uh, feast day, but we come up to July 4th on Monday, yeah. our Independence Day. And I think we have to really celebrate our independence and celebrate why the independence and religious freedom was at the forefront yeah. of the of the independence. Absolutely. And then on the 6th, Father, we had St. Uh, Maria Goretti. And I know this is a real witness. She gave her life. You talk yeah. about mercy. Yeah. Extending mercy to the man who abused her, tried to abuse her, killed her. Yeah. And then he was even present for her canonization. canonization. That's right. And I, what, I mean, I think he, wasn't he rather close to, like he was sitting in the same row as her own mother? Oh, yes. No, you the know? mother forgave him also. Yeah. yeah. So as we move on, and, you know, I know there are some wonderful feast days. And what jumps out to me is the feast of St. James the Apostle. I mean, St. James the Greater was the one of the 12 apostles of Jesus, the son of Zem- mm-hmm. Zemedy, Zebedee. And he and his older brother, John, were called by Jesus while fixing their nets. Yep. And, I, and I think, as we know, Father, we have to go back to the apostles. Yeah. Now here's a, here's a, here's a funny note. If you are out there and you're listening to this and you find yourself getting very frustrated with how the world is rebelling against the Lord and, and how people, people insult the Lord and how they take his name in vain and you just mm. get you get all cranky and you get all mm-hmm. upset and angry and you're like, "Lord, <laughs> come down right now." Yeah. You are James. <laughs> James and his brother John were the sons of thunder. They were the sons of Zebedee and Salome. But remember, James and John are the ones that are traveling with Jesus. And remember, they were, it was actually, it just came up in the readings for the Holy Mass. They stopped in the village. And because the people there, the Samaritans, knew that their destination was Jerusalem, they didn't want them to stay. They said, you, you can't stay, you're going to move on. And. What James and John was like, what the what? You know, <laughs> they're like, Lord, let's call down thunder upon mm-hmm. these people, you know, uh, lightning strikes and everything else. And what's the Lord like? We have other things to do. <laughs> you know, let's go on to the next village. You know, but they developed that nickname, the Sons of Thunder. Mm. And so it's like, it, this is a, that's a good feast day, July 25th, the Feast of St. James the Apostle. So just kind of consider it's like when you're getting tempted, to give in to the anger and the frustration wow. and just lose your peace. Remember, the apostles wrestled with the same thing. See, that gives me hope. That gives me hope that he called yeah. so many different personalities. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that, yep. you know, it, yeah. if, if you are tempted with that, yeah. the Lord can also work with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, lo- yeah. I lo- always remind myself the Lord did not call saints. He yeah. called people, and as the people walked with him, Ooh, they became good, saints. Father. I know, I just made that up. That's a good one. <laughs> the, the other one, Father, with St. James, is he was there at the Transfiguration. Yes, yeah. And I think of Peter, James, and that John. illustration, when we were there, we, we had this Mercedes truck had to go up oh, this mountain. Oh, boy. Rickety, all the way up. And then you get to the top. 
Yeah. And you're looking over the whole valley. You can see it 360 degrees yeah. as you walk around. And I was thinking, heaven came to earth. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what we have to understand is this is just a moment in time. Mm-hmm. And the Lord shows us heaven so many times, but for some reason, we don't look up, we don't look out. It's true. We're so caught up. But the graces, and they received tremendous graces there. And then finally, Father, as we end the year. Um, the year? Well, the, the month, the month. Fiscal the year. Month, yeah, the month, of, the month of July, we get into Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Well, mm-hmm. you forgot St. Kateri. I love St. Kateri. Well, that, this is open for discussion. <laughs> 51 years of marriage. Yeah. <laughs> the Indian, uh, blessed, well, she was, now she's saint. Yeah. But, you know, that, I just think that is so beautiful that the Lord has raised up a, you know, North American yep. is a model. And you hear so much about the Indians and, you know, negative and positive. Mm-hmm. But she is such a witness to sanctity and also persecution by, yeah, you know, her by her peers. Yeah. yeah. Lily of the Mohawks was her nickname. Yeah. A beautiful, beautiful example of how to respond to the faith. And also to realize, you know, you have a stranger come into your midst, uh-huh. and they announce Jesus, and then she received mm-hmm. Jesus. You know, it wasn't necessarily from her own. Yeah, she had family members who were of the faith, praise God. But to have like these, you know, the French Jesuits come, you know, a stranger from a different world, different land, different language, but to be have that openness for truth, and she responded with generosity of her heart. Yeah. Well, coming back to Saint Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, I think this is. Because this is what we're about. The home in Bethany where Jesus was welcomed as a friend, savior, brother, and king is the model of enthroning the sacred heart in our hearts and homes. Mm -hmm. And that's really what we're doing, is we're welcoming Jesus into our home. And we ask people, go to welcomeyourheart, welcomehisheart.com, welcomehisheart.com. And if you haven't enthroned, go ahead and sign up. Yeah. Because what you're going to be doing is welcoming Jesus into your home. You're going to open your doors. Let him come in. You're going to enthrone him. It's only three days of preparation. Throne him on a Sunday. Have your image blessed by the priest and tell him what you're doing. And just now put your family under the heart of Jesus. And really, Father, maybe comment. People get, well, yeah, I, I know Jesus, but what's this heart of Jesus? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a kind of coming full circle. Remember in sacred scripture, you know, the, the word heart is used to really convey the whole person. And so we have this scriptural reference when we say the sacred heart. It's the sacred personhood of Jesus. But then also, as you go through the 2,000 years of lived Christian experience, the Lord reveals time and time and time again to numerous saints the power of gazing upon his heart, not just his presence and his person, receiving his heart in the Holy Eucharist, but then when you enter into the 1200s and then the 1600s, there's the actual revelation in, a, in an image form of his heart being exposed for us to behold. And it's really the, the message is that there are no barriers. 
There are no barriers. There are no walls. There's no fences between us and his heart. He offers his heart to us. We don't have to take his heart. We receive. We accept the heart that he makes available, his own person that he makes available to us. And I think that's very powerful because today so many people feel far away from one another, distant from one another, disconnected from one another, isolated from one another. And then here we are in the moment, in this time, in this uh, period in history, and the Lord is reminding us through his sacred heart, I am very near you. And if the family is not united in the faith, Mm -hmm. don't let that be a barrier to you. You put everyone in his heart yep. and begin to pray for them in a new way. Yeah. And I think, you know, that reference to Bethany, that it's kind of like a little key that helps yeah. unlock the mystery yeah, of the Sacred Heart Devotion. That. Bethany is where the cousins of the Lord lived, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And tradition lets us know that's where he would go for rest and mm. respite. He would go, he could be himself. Mm-hmm. He wasn't always under interrogation. He you was know, welcomed. Being, he was welcomed, but, in, in, but he was able to be at peace. Mm-hmm. And so we as his disciples should want our home to be another Bethany, mm-hmm. where the Lord is at peace, where the Lord is treasured and welcomed and loved, and he is with his own. So mm-hmm. when we bring the sacred heart of Jesus into our homes, it's not an act of superstition. It's an introduction to a new way of living life, where the Lord is at the center of the home, where the Lord is at peace, where he's with his own. And he's truly the king, brother, and friend of all who dwell there. And if you remember Bethany, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, there were moments of tough questions. You know, at the Mm -hmm. death of Lazarus, Mm. his two sisters, they struggled, you know? So having the heart of Jesus enter into your home does not mean there's not going to be struggles. Mm -hmm. It does mean you know who to go to with those struggles, Mm. you know? Every day. Every day. Every day. Absolutely, every day. I think I know we'll be closing, Father, but for our listeners today— just again, go to welcomehisheart.com. Uh, great resource. If you're not receiving the monthly newsletter, uh, go ahead and sign up. And if you haven't made a donation yet during our continuation of June and July fundraiser, support this mission because we need your help. Go to welcomehisheart.com. And thank you, Father, again, for all that you do for all mm-hmm. of our priests that bring us Jesus. And Today, maybe this weekend, really for our freedom, one thing we can do is appreciate all of our priests out there and thank them for all they do. Well uh, said. <laughs> it's kind of hard. Okay, I'm, I'm supposed to close that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, it would, it would be much appreciated, trust me, if your pastors and your parish priests came to understand that you were praying for them as this weekend, you know? The source of true freedom is the Lord Jesus. That's the priest's task, to bring us Jesus, bring us thank freedom. You. As we uh, bring this uh, segment to a close, this Hour of the Most Sacred Heart, on this first Friday of the month, uh, we direct our attention to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, your blessing in all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820 on WVSG Columbus and FM 88.3 WSGR, New Boston, Portsmouth.